What's up, everyone, and welcome into episode number 161, where it is my honor and privilege to introduce a special guest joining this episode, and that is Albion quarterback Luke Lovell. How are you doing, Luke? I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here, man. Yeah, thank you for taking your time out of your busy schedule to join the podcast. I really appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate you having me. I'm excited. Awesome. So like I said in the introduction, you're a quarterback at Albion. Can you talk about how you kind of joined the sport at the very beginning when you first started playing? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was I was a kid that my parents kind of put me in every single sport just to see what I liked, which I feel like that's how it should be, you know? Uh, yeah. And as I kind of played each sport and learned what I like, I decided on football and basketball, you know? But my dad played football at Michigan back in his prime, and he didn't allow me to play tackle football until eighth grade. So Mm -hmm. I played flag football and basketball growing up. Those were the two sports I took the most serious uh, all the way through high school. Um, But, yeah, you know, back then, football, I joined playing flag football, and that's kind of what got me really interested. You know, I played quarterback back then. Uh, just with the neighborhood kids and once eighth grade started you know I really fell in love with uh, the tackle part of the game too. Okay so were you always kind of a quarterback at the very beginning to kind of playing with your friends or were you not really a quarterback at the beginning but you slowly worked into it? Uh, You know I I started as a quarterback pretty much right from the get Um, but you know it was 5v5 flag football uh, we were the Rams, you know, uh, it was, it was a good time, but, uh, no, I definitely started as quarterback and I never really played anything else, uh, before I started in eighth grade. Okay. So throughout the process, you started tackle football in eighth grade. When did you kind of realize you wanted to play college football because there's probably either at least some moment through someone's life where they're like hey I want to be a college athlete at a young age or some people Mm -hmm. might not realize that until maybe their sophomore junior senior year of high school so when was it really when you realized hey you know what I want to play college football and two when did you realize hey this is actually a realistic dream and I'm going to be able to do it um well, I, I honestly didn't decide on football uh, until later. You know, like I said, I, I took basketball and football both very seriously, equally, uh, all the way through high school. Uh, I knew sports were the biggest part of my life. You know, that it's something that I'm very passionate about. Uh, so I knew I wanted to do that collegiately, but I didn't, I didn't know if it was going to be in basketball or football. Uh, and I kind of, I honestly made that decision uh, right after my last game, senior year of high school, uh, I right as that game ended, I knew I hadn't had enough football and that there's no way that this was the end. So I, I kind of committed to that right there. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the real moment that I knew football is what I'm going to do after high school. Okay, so were you getting recruited for both football and basketball and you were kind of considering both at that point or was it kind of just more like you're getting recruited football but you like still had aspirations to play for basketball Uh, I guess it was something where I really I self-marketed myself for football more than I ever did basketball Uh, my coaches would ask me if I they wanted 
just for me to start uh, for them to start putting my name out there to coaches, you know, with their connections that they had. Um, but that's really as far as my basketball recruiting ever went. Some some schools offered me to play both sports uh, in college, but it really was uh, uh, my, just me self-marketing myself through football uh, over basketball. Okay, so what <clears throat> made you pick LBN for football over maybe the other schools that were looking at you? Like, were there other MIAA schools looking at you? Like, what other schools were looking at you, and why did you choose LBN? Uh, well, that's a, that's a really good question. I, I had most of the schools in the MIAA uh, talk to me. Uh, I had Hillsdale, which is D2, talk to me. And then I also was in communication with uh, one of the recruiting coordinators at uh, U of M for a little bit, uh, talking about maybe being a PWO there. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I Albion... Coach Buer obviously really recruited me uh, during that time. He was hitting me up with FaceTimes all the time. Uh, just kind of his pitch was always not being uh, – or just being the big fish in a small pond as opposed to a small fish in a big pond at one of the other schools. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Albion has a really good – just the the culture and the winning culture is honestly what – was the deciding factor for me above all. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to go to a place out of high school that hadn't, that just didn't have a winning culture because that's not what I wanted to be a part of. Albion's one of the, has one of the richest histories uh, and traditions and all of D3 sports. And that's honestly, it was just something that I really wanted to be a part of. And you can feel it in the energy uh, when you're there. And football just means a lot to that, to that city and, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes complete sense. And we're going to talk about how your time at Albion has been going here shortly. But I did want to ask kind of like one more kind of like recruiting question, because at the beginning you did mention that your dad played at Michigan. So he kind of has a little bit of that experience of playing at Michigan whole recruiting like how that whole thing kind of goes and I don't think a lot of people kind of get that background of being a athlete of a parent that played in college so what was kind of like that whole thing like for like that recruiting having a dad that played at Michigan I know you said you did talk to Michigan a little bit about a PWO offer was it like extremely helpful having your dad being a player that went to Michigan or did he kind of do, let you do everything that you kind of wanted to do? Because I know some families are a little bit more involved in the recruitment and other ones are just like, Hey, we just want you to make your decision that makes you happy. Uh, yeah. You know, my dad, he's great. He definitely did not ever make it uh, to where I thought that he was trying to force me to go to Michigan, you know? Uh, they both were very, my parents both were very supportive throughout the whole process and ultimately just wanted me to go where I was going to be the happiest. Uh, they didn't apply any pressure because uh, it, it, it's actually funny. My mom played division one basketball for Marquette. So they both had the experience and know what the recruiting process is like. And they, instead of using that to hurt me, they use that to just help me and know uh, just kind of receive the help that they wish that they had. 
and just to be that that ear to listen to when I need someone to talk to about it or a little bit of advice. Uh, yeah, they were both great throughout that whole process for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And in my opinion, that's the way it should be. Is that it should be like the player, the parents that have had that um, ability to play and be recruited to like just help their player and sadly it doesn't always seem like that's the case but at least for you it did seem like that's the case and it seems like you're extremely happy with being at Albion so far so how's that been going it's been great you know I absolutely love Albion and uh, all the people involved the team the we're all so tight-knit you know it's almost like a family aspect because the thing about D3 and why Albion's just the best is Everyone is there. No one's making money to be there. You know, there's no athletic scholarship. Everyone on the team is there because they love football. And I, I absolutely love that. Everyone's very highly motivated. And especially with this coaching transition that we're going through, you know, it's all very player-led. And it's kind of bringing us together, I'd say. And the relationships that I've developed at Albion um, are something that I wouldn't trade for the world, that's for sure. Yeah, and that's one thing that the more I talk to kind of D2 to D3 athletes and even Division One athletes, like you have to love the sport that you do because it's a difficult thing. Like college oh, yeah. athletics isn't always easy. You have definitely a lot of great memories, definitely have a lot of great relationships with people, but college athletics is hard. And I think part of that difficulty is especially when – coaches leave and I think you um, did a very good job of kind of leading into my next question because like you said your head coach left he took the job at Northwood so can you talk about what it was like to play for him and why you're really excited to play for your new head coach yeah of course uh you know coach Beer was great uh I have all the respect in the world for him he, he's the type of coach that you just want to play for. Uh, he, he's a very genuine guy, really cares about each and every player on his roster. Uh, and I think, I don't think Northwood's his last stop. I think he earns a division one job and beyond, you know, I think he's, he's a great coach and I wish him all the best. Um, and with that being said, you know, coach Rundle has done an absolutely phenomenal job coming in. Uh, he's an Albion guy. He used to he played quarterback back in the day for Albion, so we kind of have that connection there. Uh, he gets the tradition, uh, the values. Uh, he just he's an Albion guy through and through, and he understands what it takes and how to get the best out of everybody uh, with our situation. And you know, I think it's it's going pretty flawlessly so far. And he he's really he's held the values and the same tradition and culture that we had before but also put his own tweaks on things just to get us to reach that next level. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, we're loving it so far. And I think coach Rundle is just as good of a coach. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that's really key kind of having that coach that knows like what the program's about, what the school is about, but also it's extremely important for you as well, because like you said, he's a former quarterback that play yep. there so I'm sure you're probably learning from him every single day learning directly from the head coach even oh, yeah. though you have a quarterbacks coach as well having a head coach that kind of like understands the process of being a quarterback because if you're not a quarterback I don't 
think a lot of people understand and honestly I probably don't understand everything that goes on for the offense unless you're a quarterback that's experienced that yeah I would agree so what type of quarterback are you are you more like a dual threat QB are you a vocal leader more of a packet court passing quarterback like if you could describe what kind of quarterback you are how would you describe yourself? Uh, you know, that's, that's a fun question. I like that. Uh, I would say that I'm a, I'm a pocket passer first. Uh, I'm going to make the, I'm going to run the play that's designed the way that it's supposed to be ran. Uh, you know, I've always, I've always loved the deep ball. Uh, that's something that I take pride in and it's, but also something that I'm trying to work on. You know, I, I like to get to the, the check downs. That's something I'm working on. Uh, but as a quarterback, I would say that I would call myself a pocket passer. But if I, the play tells me that I need to scramble and get some yards with my feet, uh, there is absolutely no hesitation in my brain to do so. Uh, I think if you, if you watch the tape, pocket passer would definitely be the label I put on it. But when, when the legs need to be used, I'm not afraid to do so, you know? Yeah, yeah, that makes complete sense. And I think that's the really kind of important aspect, especially in the evolution of football we're seeing is you're not seeing those quarterbacks that aren't mobile anymore, at least in some cases, because like we kind of like to make fun of like some people like to make fun of kind of like Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, kind of being like the last like true packet passers because like everyone else can typically at least be somewhat athletic on their feet. But Tom Brady was definitely not that. So I think the game's just evolving into kind of like, I don't want to say everyone's a dual threat because some people are faster than others, but you have to have at least be able to go on your feet when it has time. Oh yeah. It's definitely something that, yeah, the game's demanding that out of quarterbacks. Now I would a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. And I think that's why quarterbacks and quarterbacks have always been, kind of viewed as the leader of the offense on the field. They're kind of the extension of the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the quarterback's coach on the field. They're always kind of viewed as a leader. And I think that brings certain expectations of them and certain levels of like stress, certain levels Mm -hmm. of just pressure on you mm-hmm. so and I don't think a lot of quarterbacks ever talk about that because like when they have a game winning drive they're like oh I was cool I was calm I was like collected you didn't look nervous yeah. at all but yeah. we're hu- everyone's human right so sure. can you talk about what it's like being a quarterback with kind of having that pressure that certain expectations on your shoulder because if you're the quarterback if the offense isn't running well fans are either going to look at you for the issue Mm -hmm. or the offensive coordinator for the issue and Mm -hmm. they're probably going to blame you first for sure yeah uh that's kind of what comes with the being the quarterback you know you get when everything's going well you get all the glory touchdowns you know everyone's everyone's loving you but you know interceptions or things aren't going well everyone's very quick to point the finger at you you know so at the end of the day, it's it's just football. It's just a game. Uh, if the worst thing, the worst pressure and stress of my life is coming from a game, I'm doing pretty well, I'd like to think. 
Um, but obviously, as a competitor, there is a lot of pressure on the quarterback to make plays and to d- put the ball where it needs to be in order for the offense to be most successful. Uh, if the quarterback isn't locked in, the offense can't really flow. But at the same point, if the O-line isn't locked in, then I can't really do my job. Uh, and the same thing where if I'm not locked in, the quarterback's not – or the, the receivers aren't going to get the ball. So everyone kind of plays off of each other. And it, I wouldn't say all the pressure is on the quarterback's shoulders because everyone – it's a very much a team sport. Um, but, yeah, that it, you would be true. You would be right with the uh, – the uh, the comparison that quarterbacks definitely get most of the pressure when uh, it's all said and done. Yeah, and I agree with you that kind of everyone has to show up, have to be ready, have to make that play. But again, like we talked about earlier, the fans are going to blame it, especially on the quarterback. Let's say if you don't win a game-winning drive, and you know what, for some. For some situations, maybe that's fair, but for a lot of those situations, you're just trying to do what's best for you, what's best for the team, and you're just kind of the main guy out there. And sadly, all that pressure and critique from fans, from broadcasters, are probably going to come on you unless it's like a running back fumbles there or something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, I've definitely I've had it happen before, you know, playing this game. For a while, uh, I've been in the position of everyone loves you. I've been in the position of what's this kid doing? Get him out of the game, you know. Uh, and that just comes with it, and you get you get used to it. Uh, I've kind of at this point in my career, you just have to adapt the mentality of it's just a game. You know what happens yeah. happens. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. And that's, that's where that... I try to look at it. Yeah, and that's I feel like where like the mental like toughness like comes in that quarterbacks have to have. Like you literally like if you make a mistake, people say it all the time. You literally have to forget about that play completely yep. and just go I out have there. A short memory. Ex- exactly, and my dad's been telling hard. me that since the flag football days. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure, and I'm sure the more you've played, the longer you've played, it's been easier. But I'm sure there's other times where like if you miss a wide open player and you, or you miss a coverage and you throw a pick and you're like, Oh, there's someone wide open on the left side of the field that might be playing in your mind a little bit throughout the game. But typically quarterbacks are pretty good at responding the next time they get in. Yep. Just learn from your mistakes. Move on. Nothing you can do about the past. You can just, the only thing you control is the future. So that's all you can do. Exactly. So got a couple of questions. Um, the next question after this one, I think will be a really fun question, but in your opinion, what are kind of like the pros and cons of being a quarterback and maybe like talk about maybe like one or two people that have helped you not only grow on the field, but off the field as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, This kind of plays into the last question a little bit, just with the pros and cons are, the highs are pretty high, but the lows are pretty low, you know, and you just try to stay in between. Um, you know, it's awesome when everyone on the team and your parents and all the all the fans are, you know, the attention's on you. Not that I, I want the attention on myself, but, you know, it, it puts a smile on your face when you're on the sideline when things are going well. Um, and obviously when you hear things said around campus, you know, I've been – 
I've been driving or I've been walking on campus before and have people drive by and yell like something about an interception out the window at me. And I'm just kind of like, well, dang, uh, that obviously isn't fun, but you know, that it, that's also why the game's so awesome because people are so passionate about it and being in uh, the position that I have, I'm very blessed. Um, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's a game and the pros the memories and the life experiences and there's all the relationships that come out of football. Uh, all those are outweigh the cons of a little stress as a competitor any day of the week, I would say. Okay. And do you have like one or two like individuals that you can really think of that have kind of like helped you grow to be like the quarterback you are, but also maybe helped you be the individual you are like off the field. Like I'm sure you're, I'm sure your dad's probably given you so many different things sure. to, to work on, but like, do, I'm assuming he's probably one of them, but is there like any like coaches, any like past players you've worked with that can, you can like really just think of right now and you say, wow, that person had <clears throat> maybe a little, like so much more impact on who I am today than maybe they realize. For sure. I, I'm very blessed uh, to have some really good head coaches and offensive coordinator quarterbacks coaches in my day. Uh, my high school coaches, my two coaches, uh, Coach Beaton and Coach Patton, they really helped me fall in love with the game because I only played high school football. You know, they made me choose to do that after. Uh, they taught me everything I really, not everything I know, but they taught me the fundamentals. My mechanics came from them. My love of the game came from them. Uh, I, I'm still in communication with them very frequently to this day. Uh, they're awesome. And then Coach Wassel's one guy that I, I, would, I, I wouldn't think Albion as the same if Coach Wassel wasn't there. He's, he's one of those guys that he's really he's the epitome, he's the epitome of the not too high, not too low. Uh, he also played quarterback at Albion, so – having that perspective uh, throughout my career. He's been great. He's really easy to talk to. Um, he's helped me grow as a player uh, astronomically, and I give a lot of credit to uh, Coach Wassel, for sure, at Albion. Yeah, that's aw- that's awesome to hear. That's awesome that you have so many like coaches in your past that's helped you grow coach right now as well this next question that i'm going to ask is probably the one i'm most excited for because i think this is going to be a unique opportunity for people that haven't been a quarterback to kind of like Mm -hmm. at least try to understand what kind of goes on in a quarterback's head so like when you're in the game can you kind of walk through like what you're seeing, what you're doing in the huddle, what you do in like the lineup before the actual play? Like, what are you looking for? Like throughout, because there's different like processes, I'm assuming from when you get the play to a huddle, from the huddle to lining up, from the lineup to the actual snap of the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so at Albion, we actually don't have a huddle. We do everything with hand signals. So everyone is responsible for finding the uh, coach Wassel on the sideline with the hand signal and that he's telling us what the play is with just different signals that he's running. So what's going through my brain is I have to know the down and distance. I I have to have situational awareness above everything before any of the 
uh, X's and O's come into it. I have to know the down and distance, where we are on the field, you know, the time on the clock, the play clock, how much time I have to snap it. I have to be aware of all those things because it goes into this, the decision I make with the next play. Uh, the first thing I do when the play's called and everyone's lined up and I make sure everyone's set, I'm looking at uh, the safeties. You know, I'm looking at, is it two safeties? Is the middle of the field open? Is it one safety? The middle of the field's closed? Because then I'm thinking two safeties. It could be, you know, cover two, cover four. They could be clouding into cover three. There's different situations. Um, but I go from the safeties to the corners and what I'm reading is, you know, we're taught depth, depth, eyes and leverage, uh, the, the depth of where the, the defensive backs are lined up, where they're looking, if they're looking at their receiver, it's probably man. If they're looking at me, you know, it's probably some type of zone, uh, to be pretty basic with it. Um, so then I get an idea basically looking at the, the DBs, you know, the safeties and the corners. I'm thinking of what the coverage is for, you know, past concepts and whatnot. Once I get kind of that solidified in my brain, I'm looking at the front, I'm looking at the, you know, the, the front seven or however many they have in the box. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of the game plan. You know, this, this is where the down and distance and the situational stuff comes in because in the game plan we have different tendencies week to week for what the teams are doing. So I know, you know, if we're playing, I don't want to say the name of the school, but if we're playing this certain school and the Mike linebackers bumped out, I know that they're blitzing from the weak side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I can get people lined up, uh, get the running backs in the right spots to where they're blocking, tell this guy to block here, kind of get everyone kind of the run game and the protection side of it. So I'm thinking, and then after I have that solidified, I'm identifying on every play, we have different guys that I'm reading. So maybe I'm reading the Mike linebacker to see if his feet, once the ball snapped, I'm looking to see if the Mike linebacker's feet are coming down towards the ball so I can pull it and throw it over his head. Maybe which way the safety's rotating, because I know which, if the safety's feet are dead, maybe the post is going to be open behind them. I'm, uh, every play has its own read key, but that's probably the last step of the process. And again, that all happens every play 40 seconds from each other. Uh, so that was kind of the long version of it, but all that happens kind of instantaneously. Yeah. And um, you have, you have like 20 to 25, maybe 30 seconds if you're lucky to go yeah. through all that and get the ball snapped. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah, you know, it's, and also there's diff identifying mismatches. You know, if you know, this guy's really fast out there he's man coverage, you know, that that's a tell. Maybe he, maybe I like my guy against theirs, you know? Yeah, and there's, then there's a lot that goes into it. Exactly, and then what if there's a toy trap called? Then, like if they're if they're face to face, if you're a wide receiver, does the wide receiver come back or does he continue to go? Like there's different things. <clears throat> yeah, you know, we we certainly well. we certainly love that uh, that route uh, combination for sure, uh, and that just comes with being on the same page, watching a lot of film, getting a lot of reps with your receivers. Because uh, that's just timing and knowing based off the depth, eyes, and leverage, you know, me and the receiver are looking at that. Uh, and we can, yeah, hopefully, with all the practice and the reps that we've done throughout the years, we can time up on those. Yeah, exactly. And I think the kind of explanation you gave, I think, is awesome because that's happening like 
Ray after one after other to the other, and you might even go down to linebackers as well. Like one of the linebackers doing is a linebacker stepping up, is a linebacker back, oh, yeah. and there's so many different things you have oh, yeah, moving so at, at once, and then you still have to get the play call. You have to make sure everyone hopefully got the play call, so everyone's running the correct play. And what if there's, um, what if you go on two? Then you have to make sure. Everyone, or what if they do you guys ever do any, um, uh, what's not adjustments, but like any, like some people like will get a play, they'll like look at the formation, then they'll look back to the um, sideline. Yeah, like for checks. sure. That's definitely, yeah, that that's a, like a called play. It'll be signaled in. Uh, it's basically just a dummy play call, maybe get them to jump off sides. And then the coach is up in the booth and on the field they get a read of what the defense might be doing and can call a play based off of that yeah so less to go into it i think you gave a great great explanation i think hopefully some people learned a little bit more about being a quarterback but next thing i want to talk about are kind of some goals because every team has certain expectations so what are some of the goals you have this upcoming season for not only the team, but for you personally? Uh, yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll talk about team first. Uh, I Obviously, at Albion, it's win every single game or bust. That's the mentality that there is. It's go 1-0 every single week. That is the ultimate goal. Um, out Off the field, you know, a big goal for us that we've established is raising our team GPA. Uh, that's something that dipped a little lower than we would have liked to. And we think that that translates to the field. Uh, so we think if we focus on that, uh, you know, the results will pay off because, you know, smart, smart players are smart football players, you know, uh, as a, as a personal goal, uh, becoming a team captain is definitely the number one thing on my list, you know, cause that really shows uh, from my peers, how they look at me um, and my teammates. Um and then also, I think, I mean, becoming uh, the, all, the all-conference quarterback and uh, maybe all-region, you know, those are things on my, my goal list for sure that are things that motivate me. Um, but the reason we're doing all of this is to get a ring, ultimately. Uh, nothing else matters. I don't care if I don't throw a single touchdown all season or if we're winning every game, you know, that's the the personal ones don't matter as much as the team ones. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. And that makes complete sense. And while you say that, you do have, I believe you tied a record for the most touchdowns in a single game at Albion. Either tied one or you broke one with six touchdowns in a game last year, which is a pretty cool accomplishment in itself. Uh, yeah, you know, that, that game was definitely fun. Uh, just the pieces were clicking. Uh, Rose Holman, they were playing – they were playing cover one. They wanted they th- they thought our DBs or their DBs were better than our receivers, and uh, you know our receivers did their job. The O line did a great job protecting, and coaches called the plays, and you know it made my job pretty easy that day. That was fun. Yeah, awesome. So got a couple more questions. Um, what are some of your favorite memories in football, and also maybe like what are some of your most like difficult struggles you've experienced because some people might say some of the greatest memories come after maybe some of your greatest struggles. 
Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I would say just as far as awesome memories go, uh, there's there's countless uh, because there's the things on the field, um, but it's almost the things off the field that matter a lot more, you know. Um, team dinners in high school, uh, just celebrating wins in the locker room, running out on the field to the friends in the student section, you know. I, I'm just smiling thinking about those days because that was really fun. But, uh, you know, in college, it's the dance parties in the locker room. Um, and ultimately, just the relationships that I've built through the years. Um, football football brings people together like nothing else in this world, I swear. Um, I could see people from my football team years ago, and it's like we're, we're best friends just saw each other yesterday, you know. It's, it, it, it's just something about how difficult the struggle is. And, you know, football is hard. I guess the struggles, the sport itself is hard. It, the, the grind and the work and, you know, it, it hurts. You're going to be sweating. You're not going to want to work out, but you have to. Uh, it's not fun getting hit, you know, but it's part of it and it's part of the game. And, yeah, the struggles definitely, you know, the off-season lifts, working out at 5 a.m., whatever it is, every single day. All of that obviously is a struggle, but it's all 100% worth it with the memories and the benefits uh, that you're getting out of it. Exactly. And that's the thing that I love about like sports, athletics in general, especially kind of in college as well, because there's certain like everyone appreciates each other. Everyone kind of just gets along because they've all experienced that difficulty. They all experienced waking up at 5 a.m., You've mm-hmm. you've been through it with them for quite a while, and I think that's why, like you talked about, like the dance parties after, like practice or after a win, like that's mm-hmm. why you do it. You do for it sure. to uh, get those memories, even though at that time it sucks. Like no one's mm-hmm. no one no one wants to wake up at five a.m. No one wants to work out when it's ninety eight degrees out. But if mm-hmm. you are able to achieve your accomplishments you want to achieve like especially winning the miaa Mm -hmm. all those things you went through doesn't matter anymore because guess what you have that ring exactly yeah you know that's i kind of that question's nice because the struggles are intertwined with the memories you know in the moment it may be really tough but on the other side you're going to be happy that you did it and you're just just grateful for the opportunity Exactly. And while you might not like it during that time, when you look back in five, 10 years, or maybe even right after your senior year ends, Mm -hmm. you're going to be like, hey, you know what? Those times sucked. They weren't fun. There's times I didn't want to be here, but other times you're going to have that memory and you're going to have that ability to say, hey, you know what? I made it four years in college and I don't and in my opinion I don't care what level you play in college I don't care if you're division one division two division three because of how difficult it is like I know some people like to say oh division three anyone can play division three no in Mm -hmm. my opinion not everyone can play division three I think just being a college athlete in whole as a whole is difficult in itself and not everyone can do it so that's why i'm like it doesn't matter which level you play just if you're a college Mm -hmm. athlete 
you have kind of made it in your sport. Yeah, I no matter what what level of any sport you're playing in college, you know, it's it's a massive dedication and a lot of work and you have to love it. So those people are just haters if they're saying that D3 isn't isn't anything special because it's not for the the weak-minded. I can tell you that. Yeah, and if you've ever listened to Barstool Dave Portnoy definitely talked about oh, yeah. Division Three and do not do not appreciate that at all. So I think you guys deserve a lot more respect. I think any athlete in college deserves respect no matter what sport or level they do. So yep, couldn't agree more. Okay, so we got three more questions. One's gonna be a kind of like a quick one, the other two is kind of be about like the bigger picture. So is there kind of like a quarterback you really like model your game after, or is it kind of like you just take certain parts of certain players or you just kind of do your own thing? Because some people don't even model their game after a certain player. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I, I want to be, you know, remembered as Luke level. I think I, I play a, I play my own style of ball. I, I, I take my own notes. I do my own film, uh, you know, and I, I do what I'm taught and I just, I kind of like to put my own spin on things and just to be remembered for that. I, if I had to choose a quarterback that I think we, we have very similar styles, I would probably say for an NFL, an NFL comparison, I would say Joe Burrow, you know, he's a, he's a pocket passer. He loves to throw that deep ball, um, but he's going to be smart with it. And he also can kill you with his legs when he wants to. So I think that that, I think I would say Joe Burrow if I had to, but I, that's also not saying that I, that's who I model my game after, uh, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Also, um, maybe have that little swagger that Joe Burrow has as well because Joe Burrow definitely has a little bit of that confidence kind of going. Like you can tell like when Joe Burrow is on the field, like he's just one of the most confident guys out there. Yeah, for sure. That's actually a huge part of it. I, I love – uh, you know, his swag walking into the game, you know, uh, interviews, the way he carries himself, you know, he on and off the field, the way he carries himself is definitely something that I would try to embody. Because uh, as a fan, as a teammate, as a coach, that's someone that you're going to have confidence in if they have confidence in themselves like that, you know. Exactly. Especially being um, the quarterback, you kind of have to be that confident, that kind of swag, that certain swag to in order for you to be ready for those big time moments. Yeah, for sure. I would 100% agree with you there. Okay, so you you kind of answered a little bit of my next question because it was going to be like, what would you like to be like known for? You kind of answered that a little bit, like you want to be known for like being like yourself, being prepared, all that kind of stuff. So because of that and your love for football, is it something that after your you call it a career. Is it something you don't want to kind of stay in the game of football, like being a coach? Or do you think once you're kind of done playing, you kind of realize, hey, you know, what? I just want to kind of take a step back, being a be a fan. While that might be difficult, especially being uh, someone that's done it for a long time, kind of being a fan, you probably pick certain things out, like, oh, I would do this instead of this. But do you think you'll be a fan, or do you think you'll want to stay in football and be a coach? Um, you know, I'm not putting it out of the question uh, to be a coach. At, maybe it's a little league level. Maybe it's a collegiate level. You don't know. I'm not putting it out of the question. Maybe not right out of uh, college, uh, but I can definitely see myself coming back to the game um, 
because you know i it's something i'm very passionate about and something i love so it would be hard to just call myself a fan and not get involved somehow or some way i would say yeah and maybe it'll even be back at the place that's given you so much maybe it's your high school because you talk so much and so well about your high school coaches or maybe it's at Albion as well, because it seems like they have impacted you greatly as well. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't put either of those out of the question. We uh, we certainly shall see. I'm not 100% sure right now, but with as much as I love Pinckney and I love Albion, I would definitely come back to either of those places. Awesome. So one last question, um, but before we get to that question, I just want to thank you again for um, joining it's been an awesome conversation hopefully you've had fun but i've learned a lot from you and i think it's been a really great conversation so far yeah i really i really appreciate you having me on it's been an honor i've enjoyed myself awesome so last question is going to be basically about advice so if you could give advice to anyone that wants to like either play college football or anyone that's even maybe even considering just playing football in general what advice would you be given to those kind of two individual groups like the ones that want to play college football and to those individuals that are considering even just joining the sport of football you know to the ones that want to play college football i would the first thing i would say is you got to learn to embrace and you got to learn to love the suck because there's going to be a lot of it like we've been talking about um, it's not, it's not for the weak minded. It's not something that's easy. Uh, you, you earn everything you get and it, and it's a grind, but it's very rewarding and fulfilling. I would say, uh, there's nothing better than it. And I wouldn't trade it for the world, but you have to learn to just love putting in the work, love hitting the weight room. Uh, practice has to be your safe haven. You know, it's that's your happy place. You you need to fully love every second of it because if football seems like a chore to you or it's something that you're not super passionate in, it's going to chew you up and spit you out. I would say that. Um, and for someone that's learning, someone that's young, learning to, uh, and joining the game, I would for sure just say I've never met someone that didn't regret playing football i i know people that have played for one year and they wish that they played their entire lives because just the relationships the life lessons you get out of it the adrenaline rush the the ups and downs of the game there's there's nothing like it in the world uh i personally would say football is the best game in the world and i would 100 percent recommend to play football even if it's flag you know I fell in love with it in flag football. Um, it doesn't have to be tackle. Um, but I would say getting involved, uh, it's you you will never regret playing or joining football. That is for sure. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you that football is definitely one of the best sports. You learn so much from it. It's so much fun, especially when you play in high school. You have Friday Night Lights. And if you play in oh, college, yeah. you have all – that atmosphere as well but thank you again luke i really do appreciate you joining best of luck to you best of luck 
to Elbin this season. Best of luck to you for the next couple of years. I think you have a couple of years left of eligibility. So I really wish that you guys get to achieve the goals you want to achieve and hope you guys have a great season. But thank you again, Luke. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. That means a lot. I really appreciate you having me on. It was great talking to you. Absolutely. And that is a wrap to episode 161. Thank you again to Luke for joining and everyone have a great rest of your night and tune into the next episode.